0: All right. Welcome to another interview episode of Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. I'm on the line with Mike and uh, we'll get into your bio in a second. But Mike, you've generated over half a billion dollars in sales on Amazon. Uh, But but hear me out here. When you sell on Amazon, they're just taking a big chunk of your revenue. So doesn't that make them the bad guy, the bully that we should all avoid? Uh, Why or why not?
1: You you sound like some of the founders I work with. Uh, No, I mean, it It's the exact opposite. When we look at Amazon, it is the single best place to get your brand discovered online. The conversion rates are some of the highest. So you want to attract new customers. That's where you want to invest your money. That's where you want to acquire customers. That's where you're going to keep building your brand and be able to keep scaling all your other channels, building out your Amazon channel the right way first.
0: That's awesome. I, You know, uh, that was a little devil's advocate question. I think of it like uh, getting a storefront at the mall. Like the mall is... Um, the mall is a very expensive place to get retail square footage, right? Yep. Um, but at least historically it's been a place where people just walk around looking to buy things. <laughs> and Amazon is that today. Um exactly. So yeah. Uh, so so for mobile, the official introduction, Mike Begg is an entrepreneur multi-company founder and expert in e-commerce and digital marketing. He co-founded AMC Advisors with his two partners in 2015, and he's grown the business to managing over $10 million per year in ad spend and $100 million per year in Amazon sales. And actually, he's telling me that these are conservative numbers. Uh, Mike, with his partners, also started Magnified, an outsourced sales service for B2B businesses and Eleva, a product distribution company in Latin America. And he loves sharing advice and helping out with anything related to e-commerce, marketing, and building efficient businesses. Now, um, Mike, I actually actually grabbed something here that I don't know, I think you're gonna appreciate. So I was looking at your at your story, and um, I want to go back in time a little bit. You said you worked for Sears when they were doing a slow motion train wreck in the retail world. And yeah. I, I give a lot of props to Sears because way back in the day, the Sears and Roebuck's catalog was like the Amazon.com of its day. Like, And as a copywriter, I study, like I have it super old, I guess this is 1897 Sears Roebuck and company catalog just to see like what they were doing when they were like the only direct mail marketer, right? Yeah. Um, so so you worked for Sears when they were doing that slow-motion train wreck, and around that time, you also started experimenting with selling on Amazon. And so in just a couple minutes, can you share that journey as a jumping-off
1: point for, for what we're going to talk about today? Of course. And I mean, I think Sears catalog was revolutionary at the time, but unfortunately, <laughs> Sears did not continue to revolutionize itself. Uh, yeah. By the time I joined Sears, we were on um, the downside. Uh, I worked in the real estate development uh, side of the business or the real estate side of the business. And, you know, the first thing I, I did when I joined there was became part of the uh, real estate investment trust team. And what we were doing was we were taking about 200 Sears stores and Kmart stores, because everyone always forgets that Sears owned Kmart as well yeah. uh, and spinning them off and selling them, taking them public. Um, So, we raised about $2 billion from there. Uh, After the the re ended, I stayed with Sears, kind of moved into their disposition and development side. So, we started taking other Sears stores and Kmart stores and saying, all right, how can we split these up? Uh, Can we lease them to other tenants? Um, You know, what's the best way we can get the most money for these assets to try to give Sears more cash to survive? Uh, We raised a lot, but obviously it wasn't enough. Uh, And I started paying more attention to some of the transactions we were doing, and or some of the transactions that were coming across, you know, the line. Uh, and one of the interesting ones that I still remember was uh, in a you know a D mall, which was pretty much closed. I mean, there was nothing there. We had a store, and that was about it. And Amazon was buying it, and I was like, Why does Amazon want to buy a mall? It's an e-commerce platform. Like, what the hell are they doing? Like, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and I came came to find out that they were turning it into a distribution center. And that's kind of the first time that I realized what Amazon was actually doing. Uh, It's the first time I'd really paid attention to it. I had bought like books on Amazon before, but this was 2014, 2013. Um, So like, I still didn't really, Amazon wasn't what it was today. It wasn't as known for, you know, the everything store. So from there, I started learning more about it. I found different opportunities. I started self-publishing books on uh, the Kindle platform, selling those. Then I got into retail arbitrage, essentially buying products on clearance and then selling them on Amazon. We took that money, myself and my two partners. We reinvested it into a uh, private label brand, importing uh, art supply products from China and then selling those online uh, under our our own branded name. And that was kind of the the moment where the idea for the agency came around because it was the art supply brand. So we were competing against Crayola. Uh, Obviously that's the largest one there is. And there were some categories where we were actually beating Crayola. Uh, Our marketing, our positioning, our branding and everything was better. And that's when we kind of realized that companies don't know what they're doing on Amazon. And from there, that was the idea for the agency, like let's help them. Uh, you know, grow their sales, and, and from there, we had a lot of a lot of luck early on with big companies needing the help and not being many options. And the companies just continued to grow from there. So that's how I ended up here uh, as the CEO of AMZ Advisors. Excellent. Uh, so you've done everything from launching your
0: own brand on Amazon uh, with a whole private label importing all of that to working with very big companies that that sell through Amazon. Um, so speaking maybe more towards the entrepreneur, um, maybe starting out, but maybe more established in their business. Uh, talk to me about the opportunity in selling on Amazon. So you've driven over a hundred million dollars per year in sales. What's possible uh, when you understand how it all works?
1: Um, I mean, when you look at it, Amazon presents a lot of different opportunities to brands and brand owners. Like we said before, it's essentially the Sears catalog of today. Yeah. When you want to find something, you go to Amazon and you search for it and whatever comes up. In most cases, unless you're looking for a specific brand is the product that you end up purchasing. So when you think of that from that perspective, not being there is just harming your company. So obviously you have to be on Amazon. That's That's, that's the first thing that I would say. And then the other thing that I would consider is depending on the stage of your company, uh, the opportunity to be a disruptor brand and increase the brand awareness and start stealing market share from other companies is unlike any other place you can do it. I mean, you, you're never going to sh- steal a uh, shelf space in a, a Walmart physical store from, I don't know, Johnson & Johnson. But on Amazon, you can steal the digital shelf space little by little from Johnson and Johnson and I don't know, Dove and Nivea and whatever other shampoo brands are out there, for example. Yeah. Uh, and as a one, maybe two-person company, you can be doing millions of dollars a year. Uh, we've worked with a lot of founders that are you know, two-person companies doing 40, 50, 60 million dollars a year. And it's impressive because they figured out how to take advantage of the platform, how to position the products, and then how to maximize their visibility. And, and that's obviously the key here is like, as an entrepreneur to grow your business, how do you tell people that your product exists or your service or whatever it is? Yeah. And that's that's what Amazon is for.
0: I think that's one of the interesting things is when we think about like, oh, I wanna start an e-commerce business, right? You, you start to think about like, well, I, I have a neighbor who who, um, has a very successful e-commerce business, but he has a big warehouse, he has mm-hmm. uh, staff who's fulfilling all of that, and he's always managing that, and it's great, it's working well for him, but Amazon, you could, you're you saying like, one or two people can be running a business that's, that's doing multiple seven figures or more, yeah. um, and it's it's because of some of the uh the capacities that Amazon offers to to small businesses. So we'll get into that in a second, but I mean, what's gonna happen to, to traditional retail? You 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 you've had a foot in both sides of it. If someone's involved yeah. in anything close to traditional retail, what's what are your thoughts there?
1: It's going to continue to evolve. I mean, I think the biggest thing that we've seen, uh, at least since I left Sears, is the focus has been smaller footprint stores. Obviously, no one needs these big boxes anymore, which is why we've seen yeah. a lot of redevelopment in malls. It's going to continue to trend in that direction. Uh, I think from the perspective of omnichannel, though, uh, yeah. it's never going to go away. Like consumers are still always going to like going somewhere physically to, to shop for goods. Yeah, they're going to want certain products you want to touch, you want to feel. I mean, no matter how convenient you make uh, shopping for clothes online, it still has some disadvantages in that you can't actually see how you look in it. You can't actually feel it. You know, there's lots of thoughts that uh, uh, AR uh, will be able to, uh, augmented reality will be able to make it seem more realistic but yeah. the reality is that's not uh, that's not coming anytime soon. So I think the shift yep. in retail will continue to be towards smaller footprint stores, yeah, improving the customer experience within retail, and then from there, whether the consumer's purchase in the store, whether they purchase online, it's just gonna be another uh, platform or another place that you get visibility, like you said earlier, uh, the storefront yeah. and the mall. It's the store, the sales per square foot may decrease, but yeah. the overall sales for the brand may be
0: increasing. That makes sense. Uh, So let's, let's dive into, uh, to selling on Amazon. Uh, You have, you've, you've kind of picked up, you've started um, brands and you've started products on Amazon. You've Mm -hmm. also picked up in the middle as an agency. That's always something that you do. There's a whole lineage behind you. Um, Mistakes, successes, right? Um, So let's, let's talk about the mistakes. Where do most uh, brands and companies fail when it comes to setting up Amazon, selling on Amazon. I think
1: I mean there there's there's mistakes that are made when you're you're setting up the account. I mean that's there's a variety of different things and there's some nightmares that you can create for yourself. But I would say in general it's more about just having the wrong view of what the platform is or having the wrong understanding of it, and okay. understanding how it fits into the larger e-commerce ecosystem that you're building. When you're starting on Amazon, I mean, yes, you need to have great copy, you need to have great images, you need to have great advertising, you need to try to maximize your product visibility. But what we see a lot of founders or a lot of companies struggle with is understanding the profitability of Amazon. The fees are high, you know, you have a lot of competition, the advertising costs are increasing. All of these things make it sound like what's the point? But again, coming back to brand discoverability and how are you going to get your brand in front of people? There's no, there's no better platform. Conversion rates are average conversion rate on Amazon is about 8%. Um, You know, great sellers can see closer to 20% if possible. All of these things are way better than you get on a Shopify store. I mean, most of the conversion rates I see on Shopify stores are like two to 4% tops. So for sure. Well, like it's the trusted platform and that's something
0: Amazon has leaned into quite a bit. I mean, they were one of the first e-commerce companies that I recall where I just felt comfortable storing my credit card information there. Exactly. Um, and and they've they've definitely done that. Now let's let's talk about a little horror story. Um, so I discovered this electronics brand that I really love their products because they were cheap and they were pretty good quality for the cost. And you might even know who I'm talking about already. Uh, it's ImPao. And ImPAW was wildly successful as like a, like headphones and other similar consumer electronics mm-hmm. but when you'd receive a an impow um box there would be this little card inside saying uh give us your five star review mm-hmm. for a coupon and then one day impow their entire brand was gone
1: yeah
0: um uh, what kind of mistakes are, are marketers making in terms of trying to,
1: let's say black hat, the, the Amazon system. The pro, I mean, I mean the example you just gave is just not playing by the terms and conditions of Amazon. That's like the most yeah. basic one. I mean, obviously you need to follow the rules you can't offer incentivized reviews. Uh, you can't have fake reviews. Um, like those will get you banned. I mean, we've seen, various lawsuits from Amazon against a lot of these sellers and against a lot of these bad actors over the past you know, four or five years. So yeah. it's become more uh, to the front of Amazon's attention when you're not playing by terms and conditions. So obviously, first one, do that. Like that is <laughs> yeah. at a minimum what you should be doing to make sure you don't get kicked off the platform. Yeah, um, from there, it gets the areas get really gray around what you should be doing and should not be doing. Uh, One thing that I've seen that I highly don't recommend is uh, I'm sure you've seen like variation listings where you have different options. Mm -hmm. There's some sellers that will tack on a random product to a variation because that variation has a lot of traffic and try to push sales that way, you know, yeah, it's a short term solution, it's not actually going to solve the problem in the long term. Uh, yeah, other ones we see are, um, you know, writing copy that, again, against terms of service, against uh, category requirements. Uh, yeah. from an, those like there's there's so many so, different examples of it. I, it's I, really I hard guess, for me to go down all of them.
0: Yeah, getting getting to like principles and strategy here. Um, it's it's learn to play by the rules because that's the long game yeah. success formula, right? Like play within the rules. Know that it's kind of like Google. Like, I don't know if you're familiar with the old Google slap thing. Like you, you'd have some SEO thing that was working really well. And then suddenly one day Google like shuts off all listings and traffic to your website and people complain, but ultimately Google has been transparent that, Hey, we're trying to create this trusted environment for our users. And Amazon's trying to create a trusted environment for their users. Um, And that's why That's why you do get 8 to 20% conversion rates, like you said. Um, So so while playing within those rules, um, you talked about having good copy and having good images. Um, So how do you optimize for Amazon SEO? What kind of copywriting rules apply? What are some just general best practices that you're looking for as you're maybe spinning up a, a new client account?
1: So the main things we focus on uh, from a copy standpoint are the priority of the copy. So the title is the most important aspect. The bullet points are the second most important. The product description is the third. And then the keywords that go into the back end, you don't see those in the front end. That's the fourth uh, or the least important aspect of copy. Um, Beyond that, you also have what's called a plus content, which is a graphic section. You may have noticed it like below the fold. Uh, You kind of see like. Yeah. uh, there's some, there's some SEO aspects you can do in there like with titles and tags and things, but from a copy standpoint, it's really gonna be those first four. Uh, when it it comes to the, the optimizations, the way that we have historically always done it, uh, although we are testing new ideas now, uh, is the most important or the most relevant keywords for my product or the highest traffic and, uh, keywords that will generate the highest click-through rate need to be in the title. They want to be in that first section, so those are the ones that you got to put there. Uh, and then from there, you just kind of so keep going through the list with the priority of, of the keywords.
0: Interjecting there, I guess. Um, so it, it's while you want to do things like have a good product name and all of that, it's important to note that keywords are. It, it's like the old days of Google, where where uh, keywords in the page title really mattered a lot because. Yeah you know, user experience being equal, having good keywords in your, in your title tag is going to get you more traffic. It's going to
1: help you. Most, yeah. I mean, most the uh, most searches done on Amazon are going to be, uh, generic. They're going to be unbranded. Okay. So for example, if I'm searching uh, coffee mug, uh, you know, and the first listing comes up has the title coffee mug. I mean, obviously that's relevant to what I'm searching. If the first title comes up is coffee mug holder, well, that's not really what I'm looking for. So again, when you have the right keyword there to begin with, that that Mm -hmm. aligns with what the customer searches, the click-through rate that you're going to get on that listing is going to be significantly higher than if it was not a great match. So it's gotten a lot better on the platform, but there still are some some subcategories where you might see things like that, where a product is ranked number one, but it actually has nothing to do with what the search term is. It just happens to be by coincidence or there's a lower search volume or whatever it may be. And likewise, if you want to sell coffee mugs
0: to people, don't say marketer's favorite picture put on a drink holder for your hot beverages or something, right? Like that may be a creative title, but it's not going to help you show up high up in in amazon for sure um uh, how do these rules apply or not apply if you're doing advertising on amazon paid advertising uh with copy yeah yeah well okay maybe that's a maybe that's a whole different uh conversation that was kind of a random synapse firing <laughs> and, and we are going to talk about spending money on advertising yeah. um if if they're seo optimized but um Actually, yeah, let's let's dive into that. So so what's the difference between just getting your product right and getting SEO optimized versus spending money on advertising? And when does it make sense to, to also invest in that side?
1: For sure. So there's uh, a couple of things to consider here. The first one is obviously, we, we've talked briefly about it, but the SEO, you've got to make sure that you have the relevant keywords to, to have any potential to show up in an organic search. Likewise, you need to make sure that the title has the relevant keywords for what consumers are going to be searching for. And that's going to come in yeah. handy on the advertising piece. But uh, outside of copy itself, all of these aspects are, uh, from an SEO standpoint, are more of uh, have more impact on click-through rates or bringing people to the page than they do on okay. actual conversions. When you're looking at maximizing your conversions, you really want to look at the imagery that you're using on the product pages. So, at that point, you got to make sure that you have a clear image of what the product is. And then your other images that show up as you click through need to have relevant uh, over, cop, uh, copy overlays that say either what what the product's doing, how it benefits them, whatever is relevant for that product. Uh, yeah. For example, an easy example is uh, like protein or coffee. Um, yeah. How many servings, like if you don't tell <laughs> me how many servings are in the image, like yeah. Uh, that's like a pretty obvious one that someone wants to know. And we want well, you want to call out the main things that are going to be beneficial to them that they're going to be searching for. And that's going to help them convert. Um, yeah. Beyond that, well, A plus is another area. Uh, getting some reviews on your listing to have social proof, like all of these are going to help you get ready so you can get to the point where you're doing your advertising.
0: Okay, that's interesting. I, I like the images bit and focusing on that for conversion because I noticed like, even if I think back, In the last couple of days, my wife was looking at a new computer for office Mm -hmm. and uh, we were she'd had like a mini PC, which is a very different form factor than laptops or desktop towers. And I was looking at different options that would work for uh, like a replacement. Right. And. For most PCs, you don't think, oh, you need to include the physical dimensions of the PC itself. But for these different form factors, there's like the mini PC, there's the tower, and for those, I know that the first thing that I did was I clicked through the image uh, slideshow, um, and and looked for the specific dimensions. Yeah. And so I like that thinking that you think, like, what are all the important questions that somebody's going to have about this. And how can I represent them visually in the images? For sure, um,
1: yeah. So I mean, even when you're clicking through and you're filtering by, by size or by price point or by brand, whatever it is, those are all details that having them in the images are super helpful because people are going to be looking. But those are images that you need to include in the back end as well. It's not going to impact your SEO. It's not going to impact your 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 conversion rates, but it is going to impact when people are specifically looking for your product in specific details, uh, like size dimensions, or another one would be like RAM processing power or storage or whatever. If you don't have those details, your yeah. product won't show up. So it's another step beyond the SEO. It's another step beyond the imagery, but it's also important.
0: Yeah, yeah. OK, so diving into the advertising, you said we need to get the SEO down. We need to get the images. We need to get, you know, kind of check off the different items that are going to lead to conversion, mm-hmm. uh, especially including the reviews, because on Amazon there, it, that's another place where Amazon really led was bringing reviews into uh it, to the forefront, I guess, in yeah. uh, selling things online. Um so let's say we've we've kind of checked off all those boxes. Uh, now let's talk about paid advertising on Amazon. Yeah. Um, what's that? What's that process like? And this is a little bit different than Amazon having an ad network that displays stuff all over, right? Yeah,
1: okay. yeah. I mean, yes, it, they're related, but there are different platforms uh, that serve different purposes. So you have the campaign manager, which is all on-platform stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, it's starting to change a little bit. And then you have the DSP side, the programmatic side, which is the off platform. Uh, both of them tie into each other. Both of them tie into the selling side of Amazon, but they have different purposes. So the first way that I always position the conversation is like, how do I start advertising? It's focusing on the you know bottom of the funnel keywords that people are going to search and they have high purchase intent and they're going to buy it. So another one, a good example is usually a generic search. There, a branded search could be another example of it. Yeah. Uh, but if I want a, uh, I don't know, a Nalgene water bottle, um, you know, I'm I have the intention of buying a Nalgene water bottle. It's a very specific search. So yeah. Usually starting at the bottom of the funnel, there, uh, building campaigns based around the keywords that people are going to try to convert, and then building up to the consideration phase, like. How do I get people looking for other brands to come to my pages and consider my products? And then yeah. going on beyond that, how do I get to the brand awareness phase where I can teach people about my products or that my brand exists before they're in consideration and before they're ready to purchase and then start moving down the funnel. So uh, it's kind of, we, we reverse the funnel. We build out that bottom part first and then start moving yeah. up the funnel from there.
0: That's it. That's never a bad strategy. I mean, you start with the most hyper aware uh, people who are basically ready to for whatever your deal is. And then um, I I guess one of the big things that I'm hearing from you that's also consistent with my experience with the Amazon advertising platform is it's very focused on keywords as markets. And so you're focused on which keywords have the highest buyer intent and then working backwards from there. Um, is there anything from the copy side that you have as far as recommendations? Because that can look, the copy there can look a little bit different than you can make it look as different as you want, I guess, uh, sure. then, then, than the um, the, the titles, et cetera, for a product. So do you have general rules that you follow for the copy for the ads?
1: For sure. I would say that there are, uh, There's limited use of copy within the ad creative. There are some options for it though. So sponsored brands and sponsored display being the two main sources of where you can use custom creatives with copy overlays or with special messaging to the consumer. And generally, I would say that the best way to leverage those uh, copy spaces is to align it with the keywords that the customer is searching for. So again, coming back to the coffee mug example, I want to create an ad creative that says coffee mug, best coffee. Not you're not gonna say built, best coffee mugs. That's a, that's a little too silly. But uh, you know, coffee yeah. mugs for for home office workers. Very yeah. specific to whatever their search is, and you can create as many different versions of that. So you could have uh, coffee mug might be one, coffee thermos might be another one, uh, and then obviously creating different variations of the ads based on what the specific search terms that are going to be within those campaigns. Aligning that from a copy standpoint is one of the best ways to see the results uh, on the advertising side with the the custom creatives that allow for copy. Now, how do you do that when there's a competitive keyword that you're bidding on?
0: Uh, Like, I don't know. Well, well, let's see. Um, You mentioned Nalgene water bottles. I'm trying to think of... A, another water bottle brand, right? But let's say I'm selling a different water bottle and somebody just searched for Nalgene water bottles. Yeah. Um, is there, are there limitations on using somebody else's brand, somebody
1: else's trademark? You won't be able to use their brand within the copy that you're writing on the advertising. Um, yeah. And fr- honestly, frankly, I don't even recommend uh, advertising on their branded keywords. They, they're typically going to be really expensive. Yeah. Um, well, and they're and- not going to convert well on them honestly, like
0: i'm I'm looking down because I'm an algae water bottle, like I'm a yeah, fan. I have, I have mine over here too. so yeah, and if if somebody um I mean, if somebody put an ad in front of me when I was searching for an algae water bottles, I probably wouldn't convert. um I'm thinking also in the context of selling books on Amazon and having like a different author mm-hmm. um uh, versus which is another context where people are i mean, you have background selling books through Kindle, yeah, um. And if it's targeted in a way where, let's say, I know, you know, Dan Kennedy fans are likely to be interested in my stuff on marketing. Um, I, I'm still limited in, I guess, kind of the same way.
1: There, There's options. So I would say that it's, the books are a little bit more challenging, but going back to your example of Nalgene, um, yeah. our example of Nalgene, uh, I might not want to advertise on the keyword Nalgene, but... When you go to an Amazon listing, there's a variety of different ad spaces on the listing. Those are the ones that I might want to advertise on because now someone's looking at the product page and, oh, well, here's an actual visual example of what my product looks like right next to theirs. Yeah. Maybe the, type, maybe the copy and the title is good. Maybe the images are better than the ones I'm looking at. Maybe I'm going to go check out this one. And then that's how you start creating the consideration within the funnel uh, and from there, you can build all all types of retargeting and different options to actually get them to come purchase eventually. And you're going to probably do it at a better cost or a better conversion rate than just, you know, yeah. advertising on Nalgene water bottle. <laughs>
0: okay, so this is this is actually perfect because uh, continuing with the scenario, we're essentially talking about building a disruptor brand, right? Yes. We're essentially talking about building. Um, some brand that's not in the popular consciousness, that's not in the gestalt, right? Um, and taking over market share inside a market. So how big of a threat are disruptor brands on Amazon to these established brands? And if you're looking to build an, a disruptor brand, uh, you know where, where do you come from in terms of trying to create success on that?
1: I would say they are less of a threat than they used to be uh okay. it's it's more difficult for them now more than anything i mean you can get really creative with your marketing efforts and you can build build a really great job around it um a good example of this is uh oh wow i'm blanking on the brand name um maybe you know them it's the uh i think it's a mineral water brand it, it's like death by something um oh wow i i have to think of it but anyway what they did was they built a website to drive all their traffic to instead of having a checkout on the website they push all their traffic to amazon so all their sales were going through amazon which helped them steal more and more market share from other ways so there's a ton of different ways to get creative from a disruptor standpoint uh um, yeah to help you get to that point where you're taking more and more market share but if you're just going to come at it from the approach of well i'm just going to advertise on amazon do what everybody else is doing it's much harder for you to actually disrupt A lot of these companies now, because they've invested serious amounts of advertising dollars into Amazon to protect those positions. Unless you have, I wish I could remember the name of that brand. Uh, Unless (laughs) you have like a creative approach to that, that's going to push more and more sales to it. um, Okay, it's going to be harder to disrupt.
0: Well, okay. So let me let me flip this around, and um, and even if we're not necessarily going to take over a market here. many people who follow my work are much more versed in the direct to consumer model and even selling through Amazon feels like uh, um it, it, it feels much less direct to consumer because for example i'm not getting buyer data right uh, so one of the, one of the great things about direct response marketing is is you can spend you know 100% of the or more of the cost of acquiring a customer uh, um, well, no, you can spend a hundred percent or more of the profit from the first sale just to acquire a customer if you have the right understanding, such that you can then market to that customer immediately after or for the next few months or years, um, and and make it up on on lifetime value. Yes, exactly. So so um how can you do that in the context of the Amazon ecosystem? One of the first things you talked about is it's the single best place to get brand awareness, to, to, to start building a brand. Yeah. Um, so what can you do if you have kind of this, the direct to
1: consumer mindset? Yeah. So, um, first of all, the brand is liquid death. That is the one I was thinking of that I kept blanking okay. on. Um, so, you know, but, uh, there, there is an interesting feature of Amazon and it, it comes through on the DSP side, the programmatic side that we haven't really discussed yet. Yeah. And what you can do is that you can leverage your customers buying the product on Amazon to create a custom audience within the DSP, kind of like uh, you would create like a lookalike audience or yeah. a custom audience on Facebook, for example. And then from the DSP side, you can push traffic to Amazon or you can push traffic off of Amazon. So if you wanted to, you can leverage the audience of people buying your products on Amazon to start targeting similar people off of Amazon and pushing them to your own website. And that's where you start seeing the benefits of, all right, now I'm acquiring more customers that are within my uh, you know, within my custom audience or, or with, that are similar to my customer audience uh, and try to get that purchasing through my website where they can now get on an email list and then I can remarket to them in the future. And that's really where you start to see the lifetime value effects kick in. I mean, on the Amazon platform, you can do subscribe and save. Uh, you know, Save 5% if you buy two or, or save 5% if you buy uh, one every month. Uh, yeah. That's actually what I meant. But um, that is limited in that you still don't have the data for marketing outside. The DSP and that piece with custom audiences or lookalike audiences, yeah. for driving traffic to your website is really where you're going to see that benefit.
0: Okay. Now the old manufacturer warranty cards were a different thing where manufacturers were essentially doing this. So you buy through the, the Sears catalog or Sears locally, and uh, many products would come with a with a warranty card. And what you don't necessarily know or didn't think of if you weren't in marketing was that they were building a mailing list of buyers there. Um, is that within the Amazon terms that I can send people to my website to get more? Yeah. I
1: mean, in in theory, uh, it is. Again, I, I said a lot of things get gray. And this is yeah. one of the things that gets very gray. Uh, okay. As long as you are not telling them to purposely go to the website, like you can insert a mailer. As long as the mailer does not say, hey, go to my website and save 10% or go to my website and buy from there or things like that. But It's like yeah. a QR code, sign up here for your warranty or uh, yeah. you know, check out the rest of our catalog, blah, blah, blah user exactly. guide recipe free recipes like exactly. all those exactly. all those lead magnets that is the type of stuff that you can do and you can get away with and you can start building lists from there so there's another angle about uh, creating lists for remarketing or, or you know retargeting in the future so yeah. i i prefaced this at the beginning when we you asked me about amazon and when we're talking about it Amazon is like the top. Amazon is a platform within your entire e-commerce business is the brand awareness piece at the top of the funnel. Yeah, You're bringing everyone in. The more people you can bring in, the more you can convert, the more they're going to move down through the funnel, you know, consideration yeah. phase or, or the lower parts of the funnel. Those are in loyalty at the bottom. That's going to be coming through these lists that you're going to be able to build uh, through all the awareness that you're going to get through people visiting the website. So it's just yeah. a matter of time. Uh, you, know, well, you start uh, holding the right system, and it and it all it all leads in the right direction. In
0: that context, I don't remember the exact ranking, but when you look at giant search engines, yeah. there's Google, Amazon, and YouTube. And I don't remember if Amazon or YouTube are which runs number two and number three. But Amazon is up there as a top search engine, and it is the number one e-commerce search engine in the world. So people. People go to Google and they may be interested in learning about the latest updates about the Kardashians or whoever, right? Or they may be going to Google to buy. When they go to Amazon and they type something in the search engine, they are going to buy, yeah. right? That, that's, that's why they're typing in the search engine. Um, and so just in terms of discovery, it makes sense to be there. And it makes sense to figure out a way, whether that's through the DSP, whether that's through you know, some kind of offer in a mailer inside your product, whether that's through whatever, um, to build your brand on Amazon and think of it. I mean, I sell, so I sell books on Amazon and I always think of it when I pay for advertising for the books, I don't need to make money. I can lose money because I'm acquiring an audience member. Right. Yep. Um, and it's a good way to think of Amazon. You can also make a good profit. So, <laughs> yep. um, so in the context of all of this one one important question that comes up like you deal with somebody who who maybe has some uh e-commerce experience or mail order experience they might want to fulfill themselves cuz they have that operation um so clients come into you they might want to fulfill themselves they're asking but they know Amazon runs these big warehouses they bought up the old Sears locations they uh have have warehouses everywhere and Amazon has this thing called FBA, Fulfillment by Amazon. How important is using Amazon FBA when selling through their platform?
1: It's very important, uh, in all honesty. Um, (laughs) Okay. The products that are FBA, they they tend to do the best. Uh, It's kind of, you you mentioned it earlier about trust on the platform, and it was the first platform that you said you trusted. And that prime badge, uh, it carries a lot of weight. When you're in the FBA uh, Fulfillment, center or have your product in the fulfillment center your products automatically get the prime badge and customers look for that it's a sign yeah. of trust it's a sign that the product's real that it's going to arrive and it's just taking it to a whole nother level so your conversions are going to be higher um although they are not supposed to it, it appears that your products that are in fba tend to rank better organically on the platform than products that are not well um,
0: that- I, I mean, they might not use that as a ranking mechanism, but if it converts better, the way that they're they're going to rank is going to be something along the lines of uh, like most revenue per click or per impression, right? Yeah. And if it converts more, it you're going to
1: move up. And I mean, yeah. again, like I said, there's no there's no hard evidence of this, but Amazon also makes more money from FBA products because they're doing the fulfillment. So there's always that little caveat. Um, yeah. That being said, with with during uh, the, the pandemic period, there were a shift towards more FBM, uh, fulfillment by merchant or fulfilling from your own warehouse, uh, starting to get a larger share of the buy box. I'm not sure if that trend is continued or not, uh, mainly because the Amazon warehouses are so backed up. And I still hear it frequently that a lot of consumers are unhappy with Prime and unhappy with the the shipping, that it's either not arriving in the time period, it's taking too long. So Yeah, fulfillment centers are really overworked, and I think that's one of the reasons that the warehouse has started getting a little bit more um, visibility on the platform. Yeah. Um,
0: Once upon a time, Prime meant two days or less, right? But for example, Prime Day just happened, and all of the shipping times went up to like four or five days, if not longer, even if it is Prime, right? And like, I'm a Prime member, I buy things, I choose things. From the consumer side, I choose things that are prime shipping just for that exact same reason. It's going to show up off the Amazon truck within a couple of days. But I notice if, you know, my two-day shipping is suddenly going to be five-day shipping. And I'm like, what the heck, right?
1: Yeah, you Um, get frustrated. It's like, it's something that you expect. And when you don't get it, it's like, you know, come on, like what's going on here? But
0: Yeah. Well, so let's say let's say somebody wants to uh, start to get into Amazon. I mean, num- number one, if if they are already selling significantly on Amazon, it's probably worth talking to you. But um, it, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But if someone is is looking to get onto Amazon, um, they're start they're looking to start marketing their product on Amazon. Maybe they don't have a huge advertising budget to throw at at that. Like, what's what's the general high level process
1: um, that you would recommend they follow? Um, the general high level process. I mean, like I said before, start with the fundamentals. You got to have your copyright. You got to have your images, right? Uh, make the listing look good. And then start with some basic advertising, just on the keywords that you're leveraging within the title and within the bullet points, um, the sooner that you can start advertising after you update the copy, there's a period that we call the honeymoon period, uh, where Amazon tends to favor these products that have the new copy that start generating sales. You want to start tying all of that together. So you upload content, you start advertising almost immediately, you start converting almost immediately. Uh, And then from there, Amazon sees that as a relevancy signal for your product, for the keyword. At a minimum, that is what you should be doing. Um, I think like since a lot of your audience is on on the copy side, I think there's a lot of interesting things that you can do if you have the right experience outside of Amazon that can push a lot more traffic to your listings. I mean, good examples of this are obviously blogging, uh, you know, you could technically create sales pages, pushing people there, SEO, pushing people to a website like Liquid Death, uh, and then pushing people to Amazon to purchase uh, PR placements, product placements, and things like um, yeah, Buzz, well, BuzzFeed, like all of these ways, playing to your advantage to find ways to drive traffic to Amazon, to your products is going to benefit yeah. you in the long run and some of them do not have a high cost uh, especially like SEO and things like that those are things that you kind of dictate the the cost around so
0: yeah in general not just feeling um completely wedded to the Amazon platform for creative promotion strategies sounds i mean it 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 can be a winning thing right if if you're great at facebook groups and something about your product yeah. on amazon is you know really conducive to live streams on facebook groups and you have like a hyper responsive passionate audience there go do that but sell yeah. through amazon because you're going to you're going to feed the algorithm and then when somebody goes and visits it on amazon you don't have to be a pro email marketer because amazon's going to say hey you were checking out this product like I'm thinking sewing, right? Like, yeah. oh, you, you were checking out this, this uh, new sewing needle or something, you were checking out whatever it is, right?
1: And um, why don't you buy it, right? Yeah. <laughs> or, or another yeah. example of getting really creative with it is uh, a product where getting a referral or a recommendation might be useful. So uh, yeah. easy example of this is Baby Products. Well, who's yeah. the best person to find out from baby products? Mothers. And yeah. where's the best place to find out from mothers? Well, obviously you can ask mothers you know, but it's gonna be a lot easier to find answers on YouTube from mothers that have reviewed the products, or yeah. on Instagram or TikTok or, or whatever social media platforms you're on that are actually recommending the products. So again, I, I, there's a lot of ways to get creative without spending a lot of money on Amazon ads specifically that will drive traffic to your listings. The important thing is just being able to, to convert those consumers. And that, again, it comes down to the fundamentals of the copy you're doing, of the images you're putting in, um, and obviously making it relevant for what your consumers really want.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, you've you've covered a lot of ground and it's clear that you have a ton of experience and um, a lot of value to share on Amazon, um, both just listing products and um, and Really taking advantage of the advertising platforms as well. Um, when is it appropriate for someone to start thinking of working with an agency like AMC Advisors uh, for
1: for Amazon? So I would say whenever you're looking at scaling advertising, if your background's not in advertising, that's usually the time. <laughs> There, yeah. There's agencies of different sizes and like us personally, we work with brands that are already doing a million dollars on Amazon a year. Um, okay. So once you kind of get to that threshold, that is the best time to come look for us, but there's freelancers out there that you can you know, pay for less or, or there's smaller agencies or, or boutique agencies that uh, charge less or may specialize at a certain growth point. But for us, like we want to take your brand from one to $10 million a year as a minimum. And if you're in that space, like that's, that's who we want to talk to. Uh, Yeah. We will
0: help you the most from that standpoint. And even if you have some advertising background uh, to have somebody that knows the ins and outs and stays on top of it every day, like there's, there's advantages in that Um, and you offer, you offer a free strategy
1: call for someone who's, who's in that position. Of course. Yeah. Um, we we are we offer a free thirty minute call to kind of talk through, okay. understand your brand, understand where we can help, or at least set you in the right direction on what you should be doing. Um, and yeah, I, I've already sent you a link for that. So I think yeah, anyone that's, that's interested in understanding what to do on the Amazon platform more should definitely set up a call.
0: Okay, and that's that's your personal Calendly link. The link is in the description. It'll be at the top of the description for everybody who is relevant. Either way, I mean this has me. Um, this has me, I, I guess, being reminded and more and more curious about the power of Amazon as a brand building, audience building platform. And, um, and in that regard, I, I hope that the rest of the audience is inspired too. If it is relevant for you, check out the link in the description to the free strategy call. This is Mike Bag with, uh, AMZ Advisors. Uh, Mike, I guess, thank you for coming on, sharing your wisdom about Amazon
1: uh, and, and how to be successful as brand on Amazon. Hey, Roy, thanks for having me. I really appreciate your time. It's been great chatting with you and hopefully we can do it again sometime. Absolutely. And to everyone who has listened or watched this interview to the end, thank
0: you. I would love to hear at least one big takeaway or action item that you have pulled out of this, something that you want to do. And uh, I strongly encourage you if you are in the right position to follow up with Mike and uh, consider how they might be able to help you with your Amazon listings and advertising. I'm Roy for this Breakthrough Marketing Secrets, and uh, I'll see you again in the next episode. I'll see you soon.